My name is Nicole Sims. I'm the Director of Community Formation here at Asbury Theological Seminary. And I am privileged today to be able to kind of facilitate a conversation where we look at a global and Christian, uh, global Christian perspectives on this pandemic that we are all experiencing. One of the things that I love about Asbury is that within that greater Asbury community, we can learn from one another and we can gain a wider perspective on the world that God loves. And so I'm really pleased to be able to get to listen and learn from some of our great student leaders here in Wilmore, Kentucky, that are living uh, amongst us from the nations. And so welcome to each of you today. We're glad uh, to hear from you and from your perspectives. Uh, would each of you at this time go around and introduce yourself, uh, share a little bit about how things are going from your home country or countries you represent, and a little bit about how the pandemic is in your place? Kat, would you like to start us out? Sure, no problem. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Kat Robershaw. I'm not a student here at Asbury, but my husband, Chris, is doing two master's programs here, and he's doing an MDiv and a THM. Um, we, prior to our move to Wilmore here, we actually moved internationally from Hong Kong, and that's, uh, that's the context where I'm gonna share today. Hong Kong is a city that I was born and raised in. Uh, it's also a place where me and my husband met, and uh, my husband also lived there for nine years. And during uh, our stay in Hong Kong, we planted a church there. Uh, the pandemic situation in Hong Kong right now is, I guess, okay. We still have about 400 something COVID-19 patients being hospitalized in Hong Kong. In a populate, then the population there is about uh, seven and a half million. And as of right now, um, the situation in Hong Kong is getting better. Uh, the most discussed issues in Hong Kong are similar to what they are discussing now in the U.S. They're also talking about when they're going to lift the stay-home orders, reopen businesses, and the unemployment insurance. That's what they care about. And they all have also started uh, the public exams, um, and that's going to happen later this month. And they have started graduate, gradually letting uh, high, senior high students uh, start school again but most public gatherings, in, uh, including churches, are still forbidden at this point. Okay, thank you for sharing, and we're really glad to hear your perspective today. You're welcome. Uh, Kay, how about you? Can you introduce yourself and share a little bit? Sure, of course. Um, I'm Kay Hiramatsu. I'm doing a PhD in Biblical Study at the Asbury, um, international student from Japan. Uh, Japan started having the first cases of uh, COVID-19 in January, and being, we've been able to control the spread for a while, but uh, we started having high volume of cases uh, in a um, few weeks back. So last week, uh, our government just um, extended the state of emergency to the whole nation. And now we are counting over 10,000 cases of COVID-19 right now. Thank you. We're so glad you're here today. Dwight, how about introducing yourself? I'm Dwight Mtonono, and I'm from Zimbabwe. And, um, well, actually, Zimbabwe, but our family, some of it is in the UK. And um, 
Yeah, so Zimbabwe and the UK, but mostly I'll just talk about Zimbabwe because that's really where we are all originally from. And at the moment, um, the numbers are not, are not as high as other parts of the world. We are, we are at 25 people who have been uh, reported and three deaths. And of course, maybe the numbers are lower than, than the reality. But there has been a serious uh, clampdown or <laughs> lockdown, uh, roadblocks, um, police. Um, police actually had to have a, a legal, you know, the courts to stop them from beating people. Uh, you know, so they're, they're really using rough-handed tactics at the moment. But otherwise, at the, we're still locked down and we're maybe going to go on another 21 days. Thank you, Dwight. Mm -hmm. Shivraj, come and introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Shivraj Mahendra. I'm from India. I'm glad to be part of this conversation today. Um, India is suffering in a mixed way. We have about uh, 17,615 officially reported coronavirus cases. And as of now, we are talking about over 550 deaths. And with the good news that nearly 3,000 of those affected have recovered. Um, life and order has really not been good. It has uh, not been in control. There was not a planned lockdown. So it has really disrupted uh, the people, especially the poor, um, the daily wage workers who earn their living every day working in factories and constructions and stuff like that. So millions of people are starving. Um, a lot of NGO work is going on in feeding them. Churches and organizations are out there trying to help, but the lockdown is affecting everyone. And it's uh, expected that it won't be lifted until like the first week of May. So, yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you to each of you. Now, the next question is, is similar, but just building on it. I would be interested to hear from each of you how the pandemic is being viewed by Christians in your home context and how is it impacting them? Could you say a further word uh, from the distinctly Christian perspective from your context? Shivraj, let's start back with you. There are two views that are dominant right now, and there may be three and four, but I will focus on the two views that uh, we can hear among the Christians. One view is looking at it as if God is bringing some kind of judgment on the people for not knowing the true God and stuff like that which happens whenever there is this kind of calamity or epidemic or some kind of natural disaster that comes, there is this one dominant attitude that just pops up and you can see that all over social media that mm. God is trying to punish or something. So that's that one view is there. The connected view with which it has come is that it is time for the church to get closer to God, you know, come to the throne of grace and 
plead more for the nations. In fact, uh, there are prophetic voices among the ministers which are connecting these days of lockdown. They're counting the days of 40 days of lockdown, which officially India is right now on and seeing it and comparing it with the 40 days of a temptation of Jesus or 40 days of Moses being in the mountain. And so those 40 days of Lent season and all are brought into theological perspective and reflection. And then both these views are actually trying to see that the Christian community is able to make sense of it, um, understand the God's will in this context, and derive the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This is what this whole struggle is about. Theologically, it may be here and there, but spiritually, it's actually grounding the people in together. And together, we are able to see that although some of the church buildings are closed, you know, we are thankful for social media that they are able to communicate and still carry on to be the church. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Dwight. How about you, brother, uh, brother Shiraj? Thank you. How about you, brother Dwight, as you share about Zimbabwe? Okay, in Zimbabwe, um, actually, just last last week, I had to do a Zoom uh, conference with about a hundred leaders in Zimbabwe, mm -hmm. and they asked me to to address this issue because they didn't know what to how to how to handle it because there's a lot of prophetic utterances that are coming from the different i'm coming from a uh, pentecostal charismatic background so the end of the world uh triple six uh, bill gates is the antichrist um all these sort of things that are that are going around and um some people prophesying saying that we we saw this thing coming and you know claiming all these sort of things so i i had to speak into that and to try to bring some biblical perspective i spent a lot of time in revelation and yeah we had quite a good it was a quite a good uh, i think it, it was helpful so there's that one side and then the other side which i found was very good is that we've also got medical doctors getting into this and they are also talking to the church as medical practitioners mm. who are really just trying to explain all this to to our congregations mm. so that has actually been useful I would also, if I can just quickly say that in terms of the medical side, our medical side has totally collapsed right now in the country. And we are praying that this does not get out of hand because Zimbabwe cannot handle it. Mm. Kat, how about you? Um, I think I will speak to more of the political impact of the pandemic. And I'll try to be as unbiased as possible because um, churches in Hong Kong, they tend to take different sides as the political protests in Hong Kong unfold. And if you still also remember prior to the this outbreak, there were protests in Hong Kong in starting last summer that had gone on for months. And during the protests, the Hong Kong people's trust of the government was very low. Uh, and on the night of the Wuhan, the city where the outbreak started uh, on the night of the city of Wuhan's lockdown, I think it was January 23rd, swaths of mainland Chinese came down to Hong Kong seeking medical attention of some sort of respiratory disease. And um, 
And then Hong Kong Chinese citizens back then were urging the Hong Kong government to block travels from mainland China to prevent the spread of the virus uh, to the community. But the government refused to shut off the entrances completely. And so the head of Hong Kong said that they should provide treatment to these uh, mainland Chinese coming down to Hong Kong for treatment because they are sick and patients should deserve the right of treatment, right? So I think that the Hong Kong government was at a tough position at that point to try to draw a line between helping these mainland patients and uh, at the same time managing the flow of mainland Chinese patients to in order to protect the health of the Hong Kong citizens. And, um, and the reason why I said this was because uh, when the protests uh, were unfolding in Hong Kong last year, we have churches that take different sides. Some are pro-democracy and some are pro-establishment. So churches tend to have different views based on whether the Hong Kong government should open the gates and allow these uh, sick mainland Chinese to come to the hospital um, to get treatment as well. And um, I think that there's this constant struggle of uh, the political aspect in Hong Kong over this pandemic. Uh, with one side, um, pro-democracy Hong Kong Chinese want to hold firm the border, physically and metaphorically speaking, the border between mainland China and Hong Kong, and the pro-establishment or pro-government Hong Kong people trying to erase the border. And um, the churches, some are conservative about expressing their political views, some tend not to um, talk very much about where they stand. And some churches back in Hong Kong tend to be proactive about, uh, let's say during the process, the churches were helping these Hong Kong protesters with supplies, water, masks, goggles, um, protections, uh, so on and so forth. So, mm -hmm. Thank you. It's really um, fascinating to hear um, from each of your perspectives and also just, you know, how complicated we are and how the spiritual and the political and the church climate and all of that, our Christian uh, ethics and perspectives, how that all plays into how we're experiencing this pandemic at this time. I'd like to shift the question to a more personal one and uh, feel free to jump in when you feel ready to share. Um, this is more of a personal question to bring us into what it's like to live here in the United States in one country during this pandemic while you have loved ones. Uh, many of you might have loved ones in more than one country uh, spread out around the world. So just bring us into what that's like going through this at this time. Right. Yep. Okay. Uh, okay. Can I begin? Yes. Yeah. All right. So um, Anita left for India on March 2nd. And that was just the beginning of the whole thing over here. Um, she went there to take care of her mom who passed away yesterday and uh, we had her funeral. I was able to watch online and uh, uh, we were permitted to have only 20 people gather for the funeral. Um, that experience, uh, it's just something, this is, I don't know how to put it into words because I'm supposed to be there physically and take care of the things. 
my wife was not ready for that but she went there and we are thankful that she was able to be with her mom in the final moments this was her death was not due to coronavirus but the whole impact whole lockdown and everything that put pressure on this whole scenario me being here not been able to help them there and they being there and not been able to move around even the family members have not been able to come to the final moments the hospital will not allow us visits and you know those are the things that have come so real to us the point is that it's been painful yeah. being here being there has been very painful my friends call me and say hey are you all right where are you which part of america because the number of deaths toll in america is just depressing yeah. and it's painful yeah. and in india my state had only 3 people affected and they're all cured and here i'm talking about four or five friends whom i know have been you know recovered and i praise god for that but then the number of death that we are surrounded with is very painful as family and friends we go through this time yes thank you brother shivraj for sharing about that and isn't god's timing interesting we we really want to be lifting up you and anita in this time uh remembering you all with the death of her mother yes thank you how about you dwight yes um i think you know similar to shivraj actually what's happening with us I, i think in zimbabwe they're actually more concerned about us here um in terms of because they they're seeing because they they get cnn as their major um source of news and yeah they 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 really are you know alarmed i think they're alarmed at what's going on and we have to we have to convince them and comfort them and tell them we're okay and and so forth we are more concerned for zimbabwe in terms of economically at the moment we haven't seen we haven't seen it hit the country in terms of the 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 the, the house um the clampdowns and so on are there but in terms of the actual uh, numbers they are not what was anticipated or what thought what they thought the flood hasn't come in the way that they thought it would come so the, that is not the major concern the major concern now is actually the economic concern because the country was already in a very uh, precarious situation uh, 21 days already have, have happened where they've locked down for 21 days they are saying they're continuing the lockdown i don't know how long it's going to continue so economically it's really not good for the country and um, they've got no money I, i don't know how people are living mm. yeah yeah thank you dwight okay how about you um well i mean since the nature of covid-19 itself does not really allow to physically get together uh to our family regardless whether you or your family live in the same country or not um i suspect both american students international students share same or similar experience and i even hear american friends uh who are not able to be with their loved one uh at the, their final moment so i think we all share the same struggle um however especially speaking in my context um this whole pandemic situation make us 
um, me and my family think about uh, 99% of the population who do not really know Jesus, which includes many of my family members and close friends. And as you may know, Japanese is the second largest unreached group in the world. Um, we all face the fear of sickness and, and death caused by COVID-19, um, but we cannot stop thinking about their salvation, particularly in this situation. Yes, thank you for sharing that. And that's good to remind us all um, that there are, are lots of concerns. Spiritual concerns are very important as well. Thank you for raising that. I, I want to turn now to encourage you to maybe give us a word of exhortation. Um, as a global Christian, um, what would be a, a word that you might give to us in light of this pandemic? I can go first. Okay, right. Just um, for, for Zimbabwe and I, I'd say Africa generally, I think it's the same, same sort of situation. Um, Amos chapter 7, verse 5 to 6 is something that, that I have um, thought about quite a bit. In, in this instance, it says, uh, you know, Amos is praying, he's saying, then I said, Lord God, please stop. How will Jacob survive since he is so small? So the Lord relented from his plan and he says, I will not, it will not happen either and so on. So uh, it's the same sort of prayer that Amos, Amos saw judgment coming on, on Israel and, and it was just so terrible and horrific. And he said, Lord, please, we are so small. Uh, we won't be able to survive if this happens. And I'm thankful that it has not come in the way that it has come to the other parts of the world within the African context. And I'm praying that, you know, it stays that way. Um, doctors are saying that there might be some, something to do with climate or maybe uh, immunity. Some, some of the TB injections that we take when we're, when we're children or whatever it is, but they are speculating and cause it's not happening in the way that is happening in the rest of the world. Whatever it is, I'm thankful and I'm praying that it continues that way and it doesn't hit Africa in the way that it has reached the rest of the world. Thank you. Okay, um, I can go next. The word that I want to put out there is stay hopeful. Mm. And I want to place that word in a context of these two nations, which we are part of right now. One thing that happened here in America was some people started immediately pointing fingers saying, this is a Chinese virus or, you know, looking at an Asian person, somebody made a comment saying, Hey, the virus is going, uh, that kind of an attitude was also seen in another context in India. It so happened that some people tried to say the Muslims brought this through their gathering. So there is this kind of a polarization of blame game in the context of this pandemic that we are facing globally, at least in these two nations, as I see, blaming a race or blaming a religion. I don't know why you know, people would do that, but this has come up and that's not nice. Mm. I would say as humans, 
as people we should stay hopeful about facing these kind of challenges this is sickness the sickness is in the air it doesn't have caste it doesn't have religion it doesn't have a class it is a sound problem that we are faced with as humanity so i encourage both my friends in india and in here in america to stay hopeful and do this worship god because god is in control of the whole thing and he's going to make a difference he's going to bring things into some whole new creation beyond our imagination and i will start by reading this scripture from revelation in 21:4 revelation 21 verse 4 he says god will wipe every tear from their eyes there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away as a family we have suffered death like i can't describe it last year this year this year three death in the family mm. last year four and then the pandemic and the separation friends this is the time we draw to the shadow of the cross mm. lay our burdens worship him there is deliverance in the power of worship there is healing in the presence of god mm. so that is my message as we deal with this scenario this problem this challenge this sickness there should be no blame we should cooperate with the government we should appreciate the medical staff and we should worship god because he has got this mm. thank you Um, you don't mind if I go next. I want to start with thanking Shivraj for your perspective, especially uh, speaking to the prejudices that are caused by this pandemic on the on the Asians and be it Chinese or Japanese or South Koreans or people from from um, of a certain race or ethnicity and. Uh, it really that even though i i personally have been experienced any prejudice of this kind uh, due to the covid-19 pandemic i have some of my personal friends and i have heard of news talking about uh, experience that experiences that asians have uh, faced uh, or have endured um, due to the racism caused by this pandemic and i just want to thank you for your perspective and um i i know theologian i my husband is is one he probably can speak better to that uh uh in specifically to the hong kong context this is not hong kong's first time battling this virus and some some people sacrificed their lives some people survived but god is greater than all of the ones that we're facing Uh, we went through this 17 years ago coming coming out victorious and we will win this again and because this is a battle between god and virus he will carry us through so um i would like to say don't fear uh, maybe this time is an opportunity for us to be equipped to fight this battle so that just in case if what bill gates says is right is going to come back 10 years later then 
we will be ready, not just the Asian countries, but uh, all over the world. We are all ready for this. Thank you. I don't think it's just coincidence. Rather, I think it's God's providence that we celebrate Easter in the midst of this unprecedented global pandemic. Um, I believe that Jesus' resurrection is a Lord star, as well as the foundation for us to live as a global Christians in, in this pandemic situation. Um, on the one hand, Christ's resurrection is the hope and peace for us. On the other hand, we cry to God for those who especially do not know this hope. Speaking of my context, I can't imagine how the 99% of my people who do not know Jesus have to face this incredible fearful situation caused by the disease. Mm. They do not have the hope of eternity. They do not have the hope of the God's power to conquer the death. So we, are, we grew, as uh, global Christians, we need to raise our voice, cry out to God, especially those who do not know Jesus in this situation. So we encourage you, we, I encourage you to pray for your family and the close friends who do not know Jesus. This is a time for them to know. They need to know the hope of eternity. They need to know the hope of resurrection. Finally, I wanted to just uh, see if there was a personal word or uh, scripture that's really speaking to you. Um, we are a worshiping community here at Asbury. And so is there a per personal scripture or faith lesson that you would briefly like to share in closing as you point our eyes beyond our circumstances in this pandemic uh, to the God that we worship eternally? Um, I can share a scripture. There's one scripture that I've actually, you know, that for me has been speaking very clearly into this situation, even for the whole world. Uh, James chapter 4, verse 13 to 17. And I, from the NIV, it says, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. And I think it, for me, it's just brought this consciousness of how the world tries to be in control, mm. tries to avoid uncertainties and all that sort of thing, and even begins to feel like we've become gods in ourselves. Mm. But I think this has brought us back to reality that actually we need to depend on God and we don't know what happens tomorrow. Amen. Everything is in, is in God's hands. Yeah. Amen. Thank you for that word, Brother Dwight. Brother Kay, would you like to share a word? Sure. Um, I have been reflecting a verse from Matthew 16, 18. Uh, this is Jesus' response to Peter's confession. Um, Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Now, most of us uh, have not been able to uh, physically get together in the church for worship. However, with, when we think about history of a Christian, this was a norm and still is a norm for many, um, for instance, when Japanese Christians were persecuted in 16th, 17th centuries, they went to underground and they worship in a cave that nobody can find. Many Christians today in persecuted countries 
they still worship in their room or in other places that nobody can find, but not in that church building. However, nothing was able to stop the church, we believers, from worshiping our God. So even in the midst of the pandemic, we continue to worship and praise God because nothing, there's nothing, even the gate of Hades will not overpower the church Christ built. Mm. Amen. Thank you for that word. Well, it truly is a privilege to be learning from each of you and to hear your perspectives. Uh, thank you for broadening each of our, the listeners here at, at the Asbury community, broadening our horizons to look at the world that God loves today. Uh, Brother Shivaraj, would you close us out in prayer for this time together? Sure. Shall we pray? Dear Lord, we thank you once again for this wonderful time that you gave us together yes. to listen from each other, Lord, from our stories of pain and suffering and misunderstanding and confusion. We thank you because you are the Lord of control. You are the Lord who heals. Mm. You are the God in power. You are seated at the throne. When Isaiah, we read, you know, he says when King Uzziah died, mm. he saw God seated on the throne. Mm. Today, with our friends around the world, we see you seated on the throne in the midst of this calamity, this pandemic. Yes. And we pray that your anointing will flow on your servants, on your church around the world and empower us to be the witness of your love and care in the midst of this hopelessness. We pray, Lord, that you will make us instruments of blessing and help us spread the good news of hope and salvation in Christ. We know you will always bring out the best from the chaos because that's what you do. You bring out beautiful from the chaos, from the hopelessness, from the devastation, from desolation. That's what you've been doing from Genesis. And we thank you for the promises in Revelation that there will not be any tear, there will not be any pain, there will not be any suffering. Mm. We surrender ourselves, our imaginations, our troubles, our worries to those promises. And we together ask for your guidance and your blessing upon nations and peoples who are suffering and confused. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for your mission of salvation in this world. Help us to glorify your name. Help us to each other. Help us to serve each other. Help us to love each other. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Christ's precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.